Welcome to another episode of Brood Podcast. This is the podcast where there's always conversation about coffee, and coffee always fuels the conversation. My name's Adonis. I'm Bryce. Yeah, guys, and welcome back to the podcast, episode 31. We're a couple of weeks into April. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing great. Lots going on. <laughs> Lots going on. All good things. Good. It's been a great morning. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm all right. Uh, just got off of a pretty long stint at work. I know you know all about that, so you uh, definitely can can sympathize. Yep. Um, but yeah, yep. this is my first day off in, a, in about a week, so just uh, enjoying having some time to uh, woke up this morning. Got to spend some time making my coffee the way I like it. Got to spend some time just relaxing a little bit. So super excited for what the rest of the day has to bring. Super. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so we are going to have a fun episode for you guys today. Hopefully we're going to be uh, having a conversation a little bit later about uh, school, uh, our experiences with school and just education in general. So we are excited to get into that. Uh, before we get into anything else, though, we have to give you guys a couple of announcements um, or just one big one, actually. So we announced on our IG um, Instagram for any of you who don't know what IG means. Um, <laughs> I think uh, that was just us. I think that was I'm doing it for the old folks. OK, I guess we have any fellow senior citizens listening to the podcast. Um, that is Instagram. It's the popular social networking app. Um, yeah, we announced our uh, book club selection for the month of April. Uh, Bryce actually picked this month's title. It's called The Starless Sea by Catherine Morgenstern. Um, Bryce, what, what, what's the deal, man? Why'd you pick this title? What's uh, what's your reasoning behind this choice? Uh, so I've been following this uh, booktuber for a few months now, maybe a little bit longer, and I've really enjoyed just like her conversations about the book she's read and her and her selection of books that she's been reading and reviewing. Um, and this one on all of her videos always uh, comes up quite a bit when she's um, talking about certain genres or comparing things or... Uh, it's just it's one of her favorites, and her other selections of favorites are uh, kind of match with some of mine. So I was like, okay, okay well, seems to be some things in common here. Sure. So let's. Um, this probably isn't one I would just uh, normally pick up on my own. So let's just uh, let's use this and and see what it's all about. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that was pretty much how that happened. Just selected it because of that. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this is uh, after I read the synopsis of it, I was like, you know, this is not something that I would have uh, sought out for myself, but definitely had uh, had some Bryce vibes to it. You know, I was like fantasy and adventure with uh, with some pirates, too. You know, that's very, very similar to what you uh, <laughs> are interested very in writing. Yeah. It is very Bryce. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully, maybe, you know, we haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but we, we uh, had a little uh, writing group. Um, and, uh, Bryce had a story I don't want to out it too much, but it was about sort of a fantasy pirate situation type deal. Um, maybe this will give you some inspiration, maybe some, some ideas on what to do with your own personal work. Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've already kind of been absorbing quite a bit of it. I started nice. the audiobook already, so nice. it's been, it's definitely been fun. 
Nice. Um, so like we did with our last uh, book club choice, we're going to do an IG live discussion again, Instagram live discussion. Uh, so we're going to do that. Hopefully at the end of this month or at the beginning of next month, we are still working on an exact date. We will announce that to you guys as soon as we have it. But uh, yeah, our last one went uh, really, really well. It was it was nice. Um we talked about the Midnight Library, and we got a lot of interaction from you guys, so we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, this is something that we're looking forward to doing every month. I'm looking forward to doing it simply because it gives me an excuse to read more. Not that I you know, need an excuse to read more. I should just be reading just because I want to read, but this gives me like a, a valid uh, reason. An accountability. Absolutely. So and it gives us an opportunity to interact with you guys more, which is always nice um, since you guys don't like to send. Yeah, that last IG live discussion was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for for joining that. That was tons of fun. Uh, Speaking of emails, if you guys are reading the book and you want to send us uh, your thoughts or any uh, sort of uh, opinion or anything, uh, we do have an official email address for the book club. It's just book club at broodpodcast.com so if uh, you want to send in any spoilery stuff feel free go crazy we won't be checking that email um, account until after we finish the book so you know feel free to spoil away and uh, we'll uh, hopefully be able to address any and all questions you guys have during that live discussion uh, at the end of the month so we're super excited about it um bryce's consuming this through audiobook um it's about 18 hours you said right yeah, yeah, a little over 18 hours. And I uh, have the physical book. It's about 550 pages in between 550 to 600. So um, it's available on Amazon. That's where I picked it up from. It was thirteen ninety nine for the paperback edition. So not super expensive. So if you guys do want to pick up a copy, you can do that or you can do the audible way. Or if you have a, an e-reader or however you read your books, uh, you guys should definitely check it out and uh and uh, join our discussion at the end of the month mm-hmm. but with that being said we are going to jump into coffee talk uh this is our weekly coffee discussion segment this is uh presumably why several of you guys are here to hear us talk about coffee so bryce what are you sipping on this morning good sir i decided to do another coffee concoction okay. this week uh, it's been a while since I've talked about those, I think. We need like a little um, sound effect with like some, you know, gurgling boiling <laughs> sounds. <laughs> we'll come with someone, someone send us something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, I used uh, one of the Cutter's Point bags I still have. I used the Fisherman's Blend, the one with the hint of mandarin orange in there. Because uh, I had some other things that were sort of orangey. I wanted to try and figure out. Uh, if I could blend some flavors together and just make it taste great. Okay. would be awesome. Uh, so I did my typical French press uh, with the with the roast. Um, did that. And then for the ingredients in the smoothie, um, I did like a frozen vegetable kind of blend with cauliflower and mm. spinach. Okay. And that's just good to keep the drink cold and add some fiber and just kind of gives a good texture. Like I just legit put like a few frozen pieces of each in there just to add some cold and texture uh and then uh, i used oat milk and uh then i threw in i had some of that dark chocolate uh orange lint chocolate bar that i used when i was reviewing um the coffee before Mm -hmm. and threw some of that in there 
And then for my protein, I had, I have this orange ginger uh, protein that mm. um, has quite a bit of fiber in there and prebiotics and stuff. And uh, the flavor is very specific. It's definitely very orangey. So I threw that in there all to kind of just try to blend with that orange and to see if it would work together. Um, and then I put the coffee in there when it was done, about like five ounces of it. Uh, so the majority of the cup. And then uh, put it all together, started sipping on it nice and cold. Um, yeah, I mean, it tastes fine, but it definitely <laughs> did not like <laughs> I, I expected the coffee to come out a lot stronger than it than it did. I think my protein just like I think it canceled it out. I okay. think it overbared the coffee. I think maybe if I made like a double espresso shot sure. and put it in there yeah. and a little less of that protein, maybe. Uh, I think that would have worked better. I had a ton of fun trying to figure out ingredients. So, like, I mean, it tastes fine and uh, it's great textured smoothie, uh, you know, fiber and protein and great ingredients in there. Um, I just didn't get the flavors I wanted out of it, yeah, unfortunately. True. Yeah, I think that I think that'd be a good rule to sort of try to stick to with your coffee smoothies is try to get more of a, a concentrated uh you know form of the coffee into it because when you brew your yeah. when you when you brew it in your french press you're just brewing it like the normal way right if you were just drinking it like normally yeah, yeah. i think i might want to start trying to do those stronger yeah. um espresso shots or uh just just more concentrated even if i still use the french press just maybe using less water or just to changing the ratio up yeah I was saying, or maybe like there. doubling your yeah. coffee to water ratio would yeah i mean that wouldn't taste good if it was just you know a cup by itself but to maybe get those flavors right. to pull through in this but movie. to blend with it yeah. yeah so that's it's it's definitely a fun journey i'm having a little more fun with this than i thought i was going to i was originally just doing the coffee concoctions just to add some coffee into my smoothies and have a good breakfast smoothie with some sure. caffeine uh, but now that I have a little, some more ingredients in my home and, uh, I'm noticing the flavor profiles of things, I, I'm really excited to see what kind of, um, what kind of you know, just good smoothies I can come out with that are, you know, just a healthy and a good breakfast or lunch or whatever. And also, uh, taste like the coffee. Like that's, that's the goal here. I want it. I do want it to taste like that coffee. Sure, yeah, so absolutely. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to drown that out yeah. uh, by any means. I want to pull it out. So For it'll sure. be fun. Awesome. Um, I guess if you have to, have you been rating your coffee concoctions, or have we just been kind of? I don't think so, okay. but I'll, but I'll let you know. I might as well. Yeah. I, I think I just haven't because it wasn't like the official cup of coffee like sure. review, but I, I may as well since I'm doing it. Um, the flavors ended up being full of shit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they taste great. Don't get me wrong, but it did not pull out the flavors of the coffee. Gotcha. So this review is about the blend, not the coffee sure. itself. Yeah, absolutely. We, just we, to remind everybody. This is one that you've already, already reviewed did this. Yeah, in the past, yes. right? So, okay. Yeah, my coffee concoctions will always be coffees I've already reviewed. Um, rings of sippability. Uh, I definitely, I'd give it, I'd give it a three out of five. Okay. It's, it's, it's good enough. It's nothing too special. Uh, I drowned out the flavors of the coffee. So I'd give it, actually, I'm going to give it like a 2.7. I'm going to go okay. under a three. Cause I, right. I don't, I don't, I drowned, I completely drowned out the flavors of the coffee and that's kind of the goal here. Yeah. So, uh, I'll give it a 2.7 as far as that goes. Okay. Awesome. 
Um, I am drinking, I got another bag of Red Bay coffee, uh, which if you guys are, uh, you know, following our Instagram account, you will know that I, I declared it my, my new favorite roaster. Um, so I wanted to make sure that was a claim, um, that I could, you know, uh, verify for you guys. So I'm going to go down a little bit of a Red Bay, uh, rabbit hole over these next couple of weeks. Um, so I picked up their Coltrane blend. Um, if I don't even know if you guys remember this, this is so long ago, but but I tried their uh, Brazilian cake lady roast um, and that coffee blew my mind. I was so happy with it. I called it my new favorite coffee and I was just so happy with it. Um, so much so that I went and bought some merch um, and I was like, you know, I'm going to try all their coffees. I want to I want to sort of explore uh and what really sort of sparked my interest even more with Red Bay Coffee was that I had also talked up um, Crowns and Hops so much, uh, which was a which is a beer company, um, and I found out that that I found out that Red Bay and Crowns and Hops had actually collabed on a product, and I was like, oh wow, I've talked about their product separately, and I love their product separately. I would love to try their collaboration. Haven't had a chance to to do that yet, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to. Um, but yeah, that that's what really sparked my interest in red bay coffee um it's also a black owned uh coffee roaster so i think that's super cool and i will always support that um so yeah i picked up the coltrane blend um which is a columbia a columbia roast it's supposed to have tasting notes of black grape dark chocolate and cane sugar um wow. yeah so I want to talk a little bit about filters because uh, when i first picked up this coffee um, I tried it in my Chemex and I got some paper filters for my Chemex before, uh, this, I just had my sort of metal filter that I was brewing, uh, with my Chemex, but I want to talk about the filters for a little bit because, uh, doing some research, I, uh, sort of discovered that the filter is a much, it plays a much bigger role than you might expect in your coffee brewing. Um, so when you use a paper filter, um, a lot of the experts say you're going to get a much cleaner cup of coffee. The flavor notes are going to come through a lot more uh, clearly. You're going to get a much uh, crisper cup of coffee than you would with a metal filter or if you're using a French press because there is no filter. There is no actual, I guess, physical barrier between the beans and the water. Um or the beans in the fizz in the in the final product that you get. So, um, but with paper filters, yeah. So you get that crisper. You get all those uh, super specific flavor notes that come through, and it's uh, generally recommended that you use paper filters for lighter to medium roast coffees. Um, and for darker roasts, it's recommended that you use a metal filter because when you're using a metal filter, as opposed to getting a clean cup of coffee, you get a more full bodied cup of coffee. So you get a lot of the silts that come through. You get a lot of the oils that come through from the actual bean. And that gives you a much fuller, more rich cup of coffee. Um, there's no uh, sort of declaration on which one is better it's all about preference if you like a crisper cleaner cup of coffee you should definitely gravitate toward the paper filters if you like those you know more fuller uh that that sort of very specific mouthfeel of of 
like I guess if you're more of a textured type of person, then you're probably going to want to use a metal filter because you're going to get more of the texture that comes through, uh, like I said, because of the oils and the silts and things like that. So um, I have discovered that I am definitely uh, we all know that I'm a dark roast guy. Anybody who's been listening to this podcast, I love my dark roast. Um, so I've discovered that I'm definitely more of a full bodied cup of coffee drinker. Like I like the sort of hardiness, the heaviness of, of a full cup of coffee i don't know why that's just what i prefer um so when i was trying this uh the coltrane roast from red bay coffee when i was trying this the cup first couple of times i was like i'm not really getting um the joy that i got out of that brazilian cake lady roast and i was a little worried i was like oh did i did i declare red bay roasters my favorite roaster before i actually did the research um turns out that i didn't have anything to worry about because as soon as i brewed it in my french press it was perfect. I was like, yeah, this is much more my speed. This is what I was looking for. Just that full, thick, uh, full bodied coffee, cup of coffee that I enjoy so much. And I think that, you know, now that I've sort of discovered this about my personal coffee preferences, I will be able to enjoy these, uh, craft roast a little bit more i'll be able to get more out of them now that i know exactly what i'm looking for out of a cup of coffee um and we talked about that a little bit like you kind of have to you kind of have to brew coffee to your own personal taste there are going to be recommendations based off of what the, these professionals and experts think you should do but you have to sort of find what you like and just sort of stick to that um i'm still going to experiment obviously but i think i will always definitely uh, go to the the metal filters or the um, the screen filters before I go to a paper filter, just because I do like getting those uh, textures and oils and, and things like that in my cup of coffee. So just wanted to throw that out there. Um, that's sort of something that I discovered this week. Um, but with that being said, uh, the Red Bay coffee Coltrane roast is definitely something that I enjoyed. Um, those flavor notes of the cane sugar and, um, dark chocolate definitely come through. It's a nice sweetness and a bitterness that's paired together super nicely. Um, there's actually a little bit of tartness also that comes through with the black grape. So I definitely think these flavor notes are legit. They are not full of shit. So, uh, good job on that. And as far as rings of sipability go, I'm going to go four. A four out of five, not as good as the Brazilian cake lady, but definitely a, a very solid, very comfortable roast that I'm super excited to uh, to explore further. But uh, yeah, definitely a, a very, very good cup of coffee. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I need to I need to eventually order a bag from them for sure. I just they sound so good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, have you. Because I know you mostly brew with your French press, and I know you have your mocha mm-hmm. pot that you have uh, sort of abandoned. Not used. <laughs> yeah, I sort of abandoned that once I got the French press, yeah. and I use my mini press a lot. Sure. Um, do you have when any? I, when I'm out, do you have any um, brewing methods that require paper filters? Have you explored uh, different filters recently? I do not. Not right now, and I don't think I will for. Probably for a couple more months at least. Okay. Um, I do want to. I definitely want more brewing methods. It's more of a finance thing right now. Sure. And then uh, also I'm getting back into the swing of things of traveling for work. So I'm more focused on the traveling methods of my sure. coffee making, which uh, I did just pick up a new one uh, for 
to go along with me to my hotels and stuff. So I have the mini presso that I've uh, posted about before, and then I also just bought a um, one for like for drip coffee, basically a traveling version for drip coffee. Okay. So I'm excited to like post about that. Um, hopefully make a video or two, some be some early morning videos, but the uh, uh, do a video for that when I'm out and about. I'm excited to test that out. Yeah, man. I know, like you said, I know the finances are a little tight, but you gotta gotta get an AeroPress, man. Those things are like <laughs> that. Get a quality cup of coffee, and it's like it fits in your pocket. It's a great. It's I a great little machine. I will eventually try that out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, maybe in this upcoming, maybe May. Maybe that's a May purchase. Maybe there you go. Um, but yeah, that that uses a paper filter, and most of these things, like the Chemex, you know, they have these metal filters or a paper filter. And I was really using the metal filter because it is a little more, uh, you know, it's cheaper because you don't have to, you know, buy filters. It's just one filter that cheaper, you can a little more eco friendly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Reuse, and I, that was my main, you know, uh, sort of motivation for using a metal filter. Um, but you know, doing some research, I realized that oh, there is a difference, you know, in in quality and taste of coffee between paper filters and metal filters. So I, I got some paper filters just to try it out, and it's just pretty much confirmed that I'm a I'm a metal filter type of guy. Luckily, most of these brewing methods allow for either. So even with the um, the AeroPress, like you can buy a reusable metal filter with it. It comes with paper filters, but you know you can buy a metal filter. So there, uh, most of them are are you can do both. I don't know if there's a way to do a paper filter on a French press. I don't think there is. I think that's pretty much uh, specifically. Yeah. I think that is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So that's as far as I know, or I don't, I don't have a mocha pot either. So I don't know if there's a way to do it with that. Probably not. Um, since that goes over an open flame, generally speaking, you probably don't want to have any kind of paper involved in that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the big ones, I would say they, like, you know, a drip coffee maker or, um, a Chemex or an AeroPress. So there are options out there, folks. But that is Coffee Talk for today. Um, we wanted to talk about something else before we got to our first break. So uh, obviously, vaccines are becoming much more commonplace um, now that a lot of states uh, here in Arizona, for example, have, they have opened it up to anyone, any adult uh, 16 years of age or older can get a vaccine. Um, the CDC actually released a, a report a few days ago saying that fully vaccinated people should feel comfortable uh, traveling uh, starting this summer. So uh, obviously people have been traveling, you know, during the pandemic. Sometimes you have to like Bryce, you know, you have to travel for work. So some things you can't sometimes you can't, you know, avoid traveling. Otherwise, I'm sure a lot of people would. But uh, yeah, the whole idea of stress free guilt free traveling is is about to be a reality so i'm super excited for that um, so we wanted to just talk a little bit about a trip that we're going to plan for ourselves that's personal that's not related to work that we're just going to do uh, since we haven't been able to really travel uh you know in the last 16 months or so um but yeah bryce what uh what's the first personal trip you're going to take for yourself once you're fully vaccinated uh you know i'm not 100 percent sure i definitely have some choices though um i uh may 
uh, it's definitely all involves us visiting friends just okay. around the country. So, I mean, I'll probably, I may sometime this summer head out to Jersey to go visit a friend. And okay. Stay with them for a few days. Uh, I may um, head uh, head back out to Florida as a separate personal trip to hang out with some people. Um, yeah, just just a trip involving me being able to fly and just see some friends. Nice. So that's that would be that would be very nice because right now I travel for work and I have the option of doing those flights and tacking on personal um, trips to like the beginning or end, but uh, I'm not because mm-hmm. yeah, you know we we are still in this and uh, I don't want to jeopardize you know a company that's already that's just getting things going sure. again and that would just be you know fully irresponsible so trying not to do that yeah but you do have plans to to get vaccinated right you already have your yes uh, i will be i have an appointment scheduled for this thursday actually uh in the morning so uh the appointment's there so nice. all that i need to do is drive over and and go get it nice so i'm yeah. super excited for that that will be very nice awesome um you yeah you talked to jen and i a little bit about it yesterday um did you ever find out what, uh, what I guess? No, I haven't gotten sh- an updated email. Okay. The email just said your appointment scheduled for this and it's a, it's a one dose, but it doesn't say like, who. I mean, there's only one company doing a one dose, but it doesn't specify whether it's a one dose because it is just a single dose vaccine, the Johnson Johnson, sure. or if it's a one dose cause it's the first dose. Yeah. So I'll find out Thursday. Um, personally kind of hoping for the one dose just because it makes things at work a lot more convenient and simpler yeah um uh after two weeks of having the vaccine in my system it makes the regulations a lot nicer right now i'm taking two covid tests per race oh wow um so uh just for safety it's one right before my flight and then one as soon as i land before i even check into the hotel like it's just um so they're they're keeping very safe about it, and but it's it's a lot of testing. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess you I'm know it's sort of that, that uh, be better safe than sorry type of situation. Yes, but uh, that's yes, that's intense. Um, yeah, I I talked about it last week, but I got my first uh, dose on the 24th of March, and I get my second dose actually on Thursday, um, and then obviously there's that 10 day. Uh, period before it takes full effect so i will hopefully be fully vaccinated uh by the end of the month which i'm super excited about um yeah and i'm just super excited to travel so much so in fact that i uh (laughs) i was a little eager and i was like you know what i'm just gonna plan a trip for myself my birthday is coming up (laughs) i didn't get a 30th birthday uh because i was on lockdown couldn't really hang out with any friends that was uh in may of last year we were literally like that that was one of the worst periods um in the whole COVID thing so um super excited to actually travel i planned a trip for me and my fiance to go to uh san diego 
uh, for my birthday weekend. Um, so if you guys know of any cool coffee shops or anything in San Diego, please write in and let us know. Uh, brewconvos at gmail.com. I'd love to uh, be able to. I definitely know a couple of them. Okay, there so you go. That'll yeah. be fun. I'll send those over to you. I'll be sure to write in. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, any good coffee spots, any good bars, any good anything, because uh, we will both be fully vaccinated by then. So hopefully we won't have to deal with any kind of crazy restrictions. Obviously, we're still going to be safe while we're out in public and, and things like that. Uh, not putting anyone else at risk um but uh yeah super excited to just get out spend some time on the beach um splurged a little bit and got in uh an ocean view room in a, in a nice beach hotel so uh I'm, I'm i'm fully planning on living it up while i'm there next month because uh, it's been so long since i've traveled i've just been a homebody for the last uh year and a half so i'm, I'm super excited to get back out into the world um yeah, and I, I I'm I don't mean to sound like you know Debbie Downer, but I've and I enjoy staycations, you know, like I enjoy being at home, I enjoy just uh, hanging out, watching TV and things like that. But every once in a while, you need to get away, you know, you gotta mm-hmm. get away and and experience other parts of life. So I'm super excited for that. Um, yeah, uh, that'll be next month for me. So I will definitely be posting some pictures and showing you guys around any of the cool coffee shops that i go to because i do planning on i do plan on going to at least a couple so super excited for that that's awesome yeah um also i just wanted to say that uh speaking for myself here but i'm sure bryce agrees we do encourage all of you out there to get vaccinated um according to the new york times 36 percent of people in the united states have received at least one dose and 22 percent of adults are fully vaccinated that uh those are people 18 years or older so it seems like we're trending in the right direction, um, but yeah, I, I just want to encourage anyone and everyone to get vaccinated. It'll just make things so much easier going forward. We can finally, hopefully, put this COVID thing behind us and uh, go on with our lives. Uh, so please, please, please look into getting vaccinated. Do your research, of course, obviously, but, but uh, you know, make the right decision. Yes, absolutely. I know I've I think I've only talked about the vaccine in relation to work, but even if it even if work wasn't kicking back up and I didn't need it for work, I would definitely still be looking into it. I've been anxious waiting anxiously waiting for Washington State to open it up and it opens it up on the 15th. Nice. Which is exactly when I I was able to land an appointment that day. Awesome. So, even even without work, I'd be I'd be going to get it and definitely definitely do it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. With that being said, we are going to jump to a break. On the other side of it, we have a a home sweet foam beer review from yours truly. We will also be having an in-depth conversation about school and education. So it should be a fun second half. We will see you on the other side. We'll be right back. BRB. All right, welcome back, everyone. We are going to jump straight into this week's installment of Home Sweet Foam. So if you guys are uh, new to the podcast or if you haven't listened for a while, uh, Bryce and I alternate weeks. And on the weeks where I lead the main discussion, we talk about beer. Uh, That's what this week is, Home Sweet Foam. And when Bryce leads the discussion, he talks about tea in a segment called 
let's get herbal. Um, so if you guys haven't listened to last week's episode, we do a little bit of a, a double down. We do both. So if you want to get a, a taste of, of how that works, you should definitely listen to uh, last week's episode in addition to this week's episode. Actually, just listen to all the episodes. Um, but <laughs> all of them. today we're going to be talking about beer. Um, so I was at the grocery store the other day and I uh, noticed that there was a beer called the sound of freedom from the state 48 brewing company we are uh i am local here in arizona so you know always nice to support local breweries and and things like that and uh i was tempted to pick it up and i did it's a it's a mosaic hopped ipa um and uh i tried it and you know We'll get into that in a second. Um, It's supposed (laughs) to have flavor notes of uh, citrus and mango. Um, It's a 7% uh, alcohol by volume. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty basic. And I think the only reason that I might think that is because I have been – I've had this sort of Craft Beer King's uh, craft – beer craft ipa subscription for the last three months and i've been trying a lot of exotic flavors and a lot of different types of ipas and um this one is just uh it's your run-of-the-mill ipa it's uh what bryce hates you know this is probably the type of beer that (laughs) turned bryce off of ipas it's just a, a straightforward ipa i don't get really any of those notes or supposed notes of mango or citrus fruit Citrus fruit, it just tastes like hops to me, which isn't a bad thing for us uh, IPA enthusiasts. It's definitely a beer that is nice to sip on, and it's only 7%, so you know, you're not going to get shmammered from from uh, just a few of them, so you can have as many as you like. It is crisp. It is refreshing, um, but yeah, definitely just tastes like your run-of-the-mill IPA, and I, uh, I don't hate that. Um, but again, I just think it, it makes for rev- reviewing it a little, uh, a little difficult because there's not much to say about it other than that. It's a, a basic, a basic beer, um, which you need those, you know, says it all. this is the type of IPA that I would bring to like a barbecue or, you know, if I was hanging out with a group of people, because it's, you know what you're getting. It says IPA on the can. You get IPA when you take a sip. So it's not like anything super exotic or doesn't have any crazy flavor notes, uh, but it's 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 a good beer. It's not bad. It's just not anything super remarkable. Um, so uh, I'm not I'm not mad that I bought them. Um, definitely, I'll be able to finish them because again, they're just you know very 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 basic. But uh, yeah, they're they're okay. It's a, it's an okay beer. Um, I I have been you know sipping on these for the last few days, so I, I do feel comfortable giving it a rating out of five. Um, and I, I mean I'll go three. I guess I don't have anything negative to say about it. Um, but is it something that I would recommend to someone? Probably not. Is it something that I would pick up again? Probably not. There are other uh, basic IPAs out there that are I think a little more flavorful than this one. So. You know, not not a bad purchase, but not a great one either. Sort of middle of the road there. So I feel like a three is uh is a good score to give it. I'll be sure to stay away from it. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this is not one that you need to try. Uh, I won't make the case for it for you. Um, 
Wouldn't it be funny that if your friend was like, oh, this is the beer that I was talking about. It's uh, <laughs> it's called the sound of freedom. I feel like I have more faith in his face than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good beer. Just not great. So that's uh, Home Sweet Foam. I, am, I realize that I haven't really asked you guys for your recommendations uh, in this segment. So if there are any... Uh, beers, they don't have to just be IPAs. I've, I've been flirting with the idea of expanding my horizons anyway. So if you guys want to send in any uh, beer recommendations that you have, please do. Broodconvos at gmail.com. I, I would love to explore any and everything. Um, I'm allergic to blueberries. So uh, I know there's a lot of popular blueberry beers out there. So if you could uh, refrain from recommending those, I would appreciate it. Um, but anything or, you else. know, send them in and we'll know how you feel about <laughs> exactly. this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we would, uh, I would appreciate any recommendations. So, and uh, again, I'm going to San Diego next month. So if you guys know of any nice bars or breweries out there, please send those in. I would love to, to visit those, post them on our, on our IG and on our Facebook. That'd be cool. All right. But yeah, that's home sweet foam for this week. Beautiful. All right, so we are going to jump into our main discussion this week. Uh, we're going to talk about school. So um, I have a lot of facts and figures here, but before we get into that stuff, I wanted to talk about sort of our personal experiences or thoughts on school. So um, let's just—I know this is a very open-ended question, but Bryce, you know, what kind of what kind of student were you in in school, in high school, in middle school? Um, I was very much, um, kind of a class clown, kind of stay in the background kind of kid (laughs) for sure. Uh, uh, I could figure out the material pretty quickly on my own. I was usually teaching other kids like how to do, you know, whatever the subjects were, even subjects I didn't care about. Okay. Um, I was generally helping others kind of figure it out. Um, but I was also, once high school hit, I was pretty much a, just a, I mean, I got quite a few B's, but I was basically a C student, not because like I wasn't understanding or getting the material, but because, um, I, the way I was raised, I definitely, I got in trouble a lot for having anything like less than an A or if the way I interpreted me being raised (laughs) was I felt like I was in trouble getting grounded all the time for like getting B's or even like a C or two. Okay. So I was like, well, if I get grounded for like one C and I'm trying my best, uh, why am I even, I kind of basically really went apathetic really fast, Okay. uh, which is not a good attitude to have, but that's what I did. That's how I spent my high school. Um, and instead of focusing on my own stuff and trying harder, I just helped other students figure it out. Okay. And then, uh, so I was very much a C student, um, and hung out and I focused more on work. Uh, that was when I started working at AMC. Oh, okay. It's only allowed to work weekends, but let me tell you, I worked like 36 hour weekends from Friday night, 4 PM to Sunday, 4 PM. That was when I was allowed to work and I worked every single hour. Oh, damn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, Definitely would not be allowed uh, <laughs> today. 
Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely in high school, which is what I remember, uh, you know, most vividly. I and that's and that's a stretch. I don't remember much of it. Um, but I was uh, I was a pretty good student. I um, had I don't want to say there was pressure on me, but I was I'm one of five kids um, and my mom was a single mom and none of my older siblings really cared about school all all too much um, don't want to out anybody but nobody I was the first to graduate in my in my family um, and I always felt sort of a drive to sort of do better I guess you know I always kind of wanted to 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 finish, to push through and, and get everything done. What I, at that point, what I thought was the quote unquote right way to do it. Um, so I, I was very, very much into school, into learning. Um, we moved around when I was younger also. So it was sort of harder for me to, to make friends because I always felt like I wasn't going to be around long enough to keep and develop friendships when I was younger. Um, so by the time I got to high school, I was sort of closed off and didn't really talk to a lot of people. Um, I did have very close, like one-on-one friendships with a lot of people, but I didn't really have a group of friends until probably I want to say like sophomore junior years when I fell into a group and it was okay. Um, but a lot of those kids in that group weren't super interested in learning either. Um, so I wasn't really, I didn't really have that, uh, support system, uh, from my siblings. I didn't really have that support system from my friends. So I don't really know what, what fueled my drive to be successful in, in school. Um, but I, there, it was there, you know, I tried very hard. I took honors classes and I did things like that. And I definitely was an A student for, for the majority of it. Um, had some, some slips and hit some, some valleys here and there, but I generally speaking, I was an A or B student. Um, I even went so far as to voluntarily go to summer school to get ahead. Um, so I was in summer school, uh, like, so I, so I would take classes my sophomore summer for my junior classes. So I didn't have to take them in my junior year. Um, so I was very, very, very much, uh, into learning and getting ahead. And, uh, so by the time my senior year rolled around, I was mostly taking elective classes and art classes and things like that, because I had already gotten all of my sort of requirements out of the way. Um, so yeah, I was very much into school. So I guess I I definitely went the route of of trying very hard. Yeah, I was definitely you talking about trying to get ahead and get things done was pretty much how I did school as well. However, I did it for different reasons. I was doing it um, at first. I did it to kind of like well, high school that I got to go to college and things like that. That was kind of how it was. But then pretty much. Once I got to sophomore year, it was very much I just wanted to take classes I cared about because mm. there's a lot of lot of classes I didn't care about. So all your core classes, um, like English, science and all that stuff, I was able to substitute out. I took almost no core classes and I was able to substitute them for all electives. So oh, wow. instead of like um, chemistry or whatever i think it i think biology was the last science i took but most of my science credits were electronics classes okay and then 
um, for math, I finished math, I think technically my sophomore year, but I kind of just kept taking it after that until mm. I got to my senior year. Cause I started doing calculus for a semester and I was like, nah, I don't need this. and <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> and then English, I think my last English class was my, I feel like that was also my sophomore year because I did, it, there is a seventh period you could sign up for. And I would always do that ever since ninth grade. Uh, in, in ninth grade, it was a different school for Arizona. So Arizona, it goes 7 to 9 and then 10 to 12. But the credits still kind of roll over. So you can still plan ahead. So like I did okay. all my language classes in junior high. Did finish PE in junior high. I think I only had to do a half credit in high school. Um, I was pretty much done oh, with wow. school. By the time junior year came around, the only reason I didn't graduate end of my junior year was because the school told me there's senior specific classes that you have to take your senior year, which I found yeah, out later was exactly. a load of crap because all my friends had taken those specific classes I was trying to sign up for their junior year oh. so that they could do a bunch of college courses in their senior year mm. and do like that, that, um, what was it called? Dual credit or whatever yeah. that was. Yeah. And so, and yeah, it was frustrating because I had the opportunity to graduate my junior year and there was a lot I wanted to do with that year uh, in my senior year. Uh, I had just lots of different things I, I could have been doing and wanted to do. It just felt like I was getting turned down all the time. Mm -hmm. But I also didn't communicate any of this with my parents. I was mm -hmm. an angsty teen that didn't know how to communicate properly. So, I mean, a lot of it's definitely on me. What were those? You said, you know, you wanted to do things after school. What were those motivations for you? Like, what were you? Uh, I really wanted to work more. I, um, if I really loved working at AMC, I, they had wanted me to be a manager for, for quite a while at that point. Okay. And I had, um, back then hierarchy was different. So, but it basically they wanted me to go from what I was doing to manager. And that was just like nine, like seven or eight months in. Mm. And then I think it was like 16 or seven. I think I was 17 at the time. And, um, so I wanted to do that. I wanted to work a lot more, save more money. Like I was really good at saving money, all my money. I, I could have blown it all. I didn't have bills or anything. So, but I didn't, I would always save minimum 50% of every single check. Mm. And, uh, that's what allowed me to buy my first car. Like I got my first car cash, which was cool. Nice. And that lasted me for like seven or eight years. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I had a lot of just plans as far as that, uh, saving up money and just mainly just working to be honest and, and getting ready for college or getting ready for whatever my next big thing was. Okay. I just wanted to build that financial foundation. That was my huge thing. Well, that was my huge goal. And that's a big deal for like a 17, 18 year olds. Right. I think I, I, th I feel like at that point for the most part, kids are, they are solely focused on school and the, the drive to work is to pay, you know, you know, help pay tuition or things like that. I don't think, financial stability is on the minds of a lot of 17 or 18 year olds. I can, I could be wrong about that, but that's just not the vibe that I ever got in school. It was mostly like education, education, education. Um, and any, any kind of, you know, financial security was for furthering education. You know, I got mm -hmm. a lot, most people, most kids at that age aren't, aren't sort of, I don't want to say satisfied, but that's not the end goal for them. You know, it's, it's more about school at that point. Um, so with that being yeah, said, were just, you, were, yeah. was your drive to go to, 
to college? Like, did you have any sort of pressure from parents or like what did they expect you to apply and go to college or what was the scenario? It was, yeah, the the procedure was always about graduating high school to go to college. I never fully personally cared about college, which, uh, you know, we'll get into that whole, we'll get into the college scene in a a few minutes, but um, it was, my drive was just because I loved to work. I had a strong work ethic Mm. and really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed, um, I enjoyed saving money and thinking about money and figuring out money. And I don't know, that comes from nowhere. I don't honestly don't know where that comes from because my parents never really talked to us about money. I didn't really have any, I had, like I I come from a privileged life, so I didn't really have to think about it too much. Mm. I think I just always wanted to have my own stuff. I was the oldest sibling, shared everything. You know, I mean, I, I think I just wanted my own things and I wanted to, uh, be, I, I have a strive to be independent. I've always, that's always been in my system. Yeah. So I think that's where that comes from. Sure. And that's part of it. Finances is a huge part of that. And so I think that's where that drive comes from. Um, I always want to be able to, um, choose what I want to choose when the time comes. Mm-hmm. There is not, uh, I don't have to make huge or, you know, at that time, there's not like a, a lot of huge decisions when huge decisions come and there's a fork in the road. I don't want the issue to be money. Mm-hmm. I want to have all my choices available and whatever obstacles I can get, I can accomplish and get over mm. before I get to that fork in the road. Sure. I want them out of the way. I want to be able to just choose the choice yeah. and be fully mine. I don't want it to be hindered. So that a lot of my decisions come from that as well. Um, back then and that still leaks into now, but it's translated a little bit different. That's a different conversation, but yeah, I mean, yeah, so that was a lot of my drive back then. Yeah. I mean, I, I think going back to what you said about like being independent was that was my, that was the role that I fell into because like I said earlier, I was, I'm one of five um, children, but my older brothers, my two older brothers are much older than me, my older sister and my younger brother. So for the majority of my life, it was me right in the middle. I had a younger brother and I had an older sister. So I was a middle child and I think we've talked about this in the podcast before, but, you know, as as a middle child, I feel like I was always sort of on my own and not in the sense of I was neglected or like I was ignored by my mom. My mom was my biggest supporter for the most part. Um, but I was often left to sort of, you know, I don't want to say fend for myself, but I was sort of the one who I felt like. I was going to go do my own thing, you know, like my older sister was the only girl. Uh, she's my mom's only daughter. So it was like, she got a lot of attention and, you know, she sort of demanded a lot of my mom's attention and my little brother was always the baby. So he always sort of got, you know, a lot of attention, demanded a lot of attention. I was sort of in the middle and I was kind of the kid who was like, well, I know she's got to deal with my sister. I know she's got to deal with my little brother. So I don't want to be any more added stress or attention. So I'm going to kind of do, I'm going to keep my head down, do what I need to do, be, an individual and that's how I always was like my older sister and my younger brother were very popular in high school um, they always had a lot of friends and they were always sort of center of attention in that setting as well and I, I was never that way I was always just sort of the I, I mean I wasn't 
I was just a loner. Like I was a lone wolf for the majority of my childhood. And I think that comes from being a middle child and not needing attention. Right. You know, I didn't need attention. I didn't need to be the center of attention. I was kind of just content with keeping my head down and doing what I needed to do with the drive and the motivation of, oh, I'm this is not where I'm going to end up like I'm going to go off and do big and great things. So that was sort of my my drive and ambition came from wanting to to be independent and wanting to be on my own, I guess. Um, so, yeah, that that's sort of where my drive and ambition were. And I did have sort of plans to to go to college and, and to to I had. <laughs> I wanted to be an architect at one point. I wanted to be a lawyer at one point. So I had all these grand ambitions and dreams and stuff. Obviously, none of them mm-hmm. came to fruition. Um, but I did have those drives and and goals when I was younger, um, and I was all in for it. Uh, but you know, life happens and things change. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think your motivations and your drives are definitely what push you through high school. Um, And those are things like, you know, looking forward, no one, I don't think anyone sees high school as being sort of the stopping point, right? It's always just sort of the the jumping off points, the launching point, what I do here matters for my future. And I think a lot of people don't see that until later in life. But I I like to think that I was someone who, who knew that going in and coming out of high school. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point because I remember thinking back then that um, about a jumping off point, I definitely felt like it was a very crucial point in my life. Mm-hmm. And But I interpreted it completely differently than, than my family, than my parents did. And I again, it just comes down to I wasn't didn't know how to communicate it. And even if I did learn how to communicate it, I don't know if it would have been received at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think that high school itself was my job point. I always meant to graduate. It has nothing. Sure. I, graduating was important. That was going to happen no matter what. But I saw work as my jumping off point. I saw that as my, my shining light. Like, that's where I shined. Well, that's yeah. where I was best. My mind was challenged way more at work. Um, I had to test my adaptability. I had to test um, my flexibility. I had to test... Um, being able to problem solve mm-hmm. and and get into really fast paced environments like I just I love all of that I always have and I always will and I do really good in crisis situations and um I just there's so many things so I always felt that and this is why I loved working so much because it was always a new thing to solve there was always something else to solve there's always something to teach there was always something to learn and I wanted more I always just wanted more and more and more mm-hmm. um and and yeah so i mean that's that's how i felt it definitely i never got to i never got to see that come to fruition yeah um, do you feel this this stage of my life right now i actually feel like i'm i'm able to achieve everything i was trying to achieve back in high school oh wow that's big yeah it's crazy yeah. do you yeah, feel like <laughs> do you feel like um and i'm just i'm just asking this based off of what you've said so far like do you feel like maybe you you saw the opportunity to stand out more at work than you did at school like was your mindset i nothing i do here in school is going to set me apart from anything else these other kids are doing uh but on at work you know maybe someone of your age with those ambitions to become a manager like you know 
maybe as soon as you were legally allowed to, like, do you feel like that was a thing? Like, I'm able to sort of shine here at work. I'm not going to be able to shine at school because it is such a competitive environment. High school, you know, like especially for the hyper focused kids who are, you know, want to graduate top five in the class. And, you know, unless you're one of those kids, are you really going to stand out? You know, do you feel like that was maybe a push for you as well? That was definitely uh, at least 90% of the push. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I mean, even without – when I was working at AMC, it was fun, and it was to make money, and um, and my parents hated that I had a job. Mm. <laughs> like, I got the job without telling them, and then they were like, no, you got to quit. And then I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so – but I was, I think – what, six months into the job, and I just get a call out of nowhere saying, hey, we're promoting you. And I was 16. Mm. I was still 16 at the time, I'm pretty sure. Like, we're promoting you. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't think I, like, I just had never thought of myself in that light sure. before. I never thought of myself in some sort of a leadership role. I never thought of myself as someone, um, you know, I just like to work and like to do that. Obviously, now saying that out loud as a 31-year-old, like, I understand it. But back then, it was kind of, I, it was all new to me. Sure. Um, and they just called me instead of promoted and I started that weekend and I was like, oh, okay. Mm. Uh, well, I have a lot to figure out. And then a few months after that, I was getting the same, I got, a, you know, a similar call. I was like, Hey, we want you to do, you know, this position. And, uh, in, in a couple months, we're looking at you doing this and that, it, you know, it just, I, I shined without even really knowing I was shining. Mm. And so to learn and just to think of what I could do. Um, if, you know, if I tried mm. even more, like if I tried even harder, like intentionally sure. went for it. Yeah. Um, and I was never one, even back then I was never one to be comfortable. So I knew I was never going to get kind of like caught up in a position or caught up in something I didn't want to do. Yeah. Um, so it just, um, yeah, I mean, that was a huge part of it. Yeah, I mean, and that, 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 that's human nature, right? Like you want everyone appreciates being appreciated. <laughs> you know, everyone mm-hmm. enjoys, you may not say you might not consciously be like i like praise but everyone likes to be praised everyone likes to be told hey good job everybody enjoys that i don't think there's a person on the planet Mm -hmm. who doesn't like that um and everybody wants to have that to sort of uh you know be a a driving force like positive reinforcement is always better than negative reinforcement if it's available um i and i i think i was similar my motivations were just different because i did have that sense of i want to be the first one in my family to to graduate high school you know i that was my push you know that was my oh if i can do this i don't know what that means but i know that it means something you know it's like i i want to make my mom proud i want to be her i want her to be able to come to a graduation and see me walk across stage grab a diploma you know like that's that was my that was part of my push as well and Mm -hmm. it's like if i can give that to her, I will be giving something to myself. You know, I, I want her to be able to to not have to worry about me or what's, you know, going on in my life. I would much rather have her feel comfortable knowing that Adonis is OK. Like he I don't need to necessarily worry about him because I know he's going to be OK because he's doing things again at the time. What I thought was, quote unquote, the right way, you know, so that was sort of my yeah. push. And that's where I was driving a lot or uh deriving a lot of that motivation from was because i wanted to to be that for for my mom so i think that's 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 a big part that's a big part of it but again it just folds back into that 
you know, everybody needs a reason to do something. So if you weren't getting those motivations from doing well in school, obviously, naturally, you you need to get it from somewhere. And you found that at work rather than at school, which yeah. is which is, again, uh, it's motivation. Everybody needs motivation for everything. Yeah. So. And I think I think another piece of kind of the motivation puzzle too and i don't think i had words for it back then even though i i knew about this feeling Mm. Uh, i have words for it now is that um i like doing things that aren't uh this is still pretty true for me today i like doing things that are out of the ordinary and are out of a comfort zone and out of kind of just just outside of the norm that's just kind of what i do i mean look the job i'm doing (laughs) but uh um so back then, I remember thinking that, uh, you know, everyone's going to graduate. Everyone can do that. Sure. Everything like it, it's a mandatory. It's a minimum. Sure. You're just you're going to graduate. That was the life I lived. That was yeah. the people I was surrounded by. Yeah. That's just that is what it is. Yeah. Um, whether I get C's or A's doesn't really. It doesn't really. It doesn't. It didn't felt like it mattered because there wasn't a whole lot of like positive reinforcement at home with the grade system. Yeah. Um. But like you're saying, like, but when I was at work, I stood out and that was out of the norm. Like yeah. I knew like when I got promoted the first time, I was like, well, this isn't, I know this isn't normal mm-hmm. for like a 16 year old who's only been working a few months at this job and it's their first job yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. and just get automatically promoted. And then to get talked to again a few months later about another promotion, yeah. um, like I knew that all that was kind of out of normal. So, you know, I would think about like, oh, I'm this age and I'm in this position and I'm getting all this experience and skill sets like this early. Like I thought that way. Yeah. And so um, and I just got way more out of it. It was more out of the ordinary than, you know, everyone's going to graduate. But who can say that they're a manager at 17 and yeah. graduated school at the same time and saved money? And like I'm always trying to just do things that are just uh, um not seen sure. as common so yeah and that's the thing though but that that obviously that bar is different because that bar for me that yeah. wasn't the bar it's different for everybody you know? yeah, my, yeah it's different yeah, for everybody for sure. that was that was how my perspective yeah. and my bar was yeah so and that's going to be different for everyone definitely but i guess the question is like how do we how do we make that how do you praise someone for doing something that they should do anyway without them feeling like it's something that's not gonna go like that that's not special you know you get a lot of people today who are like oh everyone wants to be praised for doing the bare minimum and that's not a healthy way to to have a society but at the same time it's like what what's special for you isn't special for someone else Mm -hmm. you know so you have to sort of i guess just tailor tailor fit it to every different situation but it's it's a tough way to, to to go about life it's the whole not having a you know parents not having a manual for their kids sure, and exactly. you know, a manual for life. Yeah, that's, that's fair. It comes down to those cliche sayings. They exist for <laughs> a reason, and I I fully believe in them. Sure. Like it just you know it is what it is, and we work with what we have to work with. Absolutely. And that's that's eventually what separates you know uh, you know those choices and how you move forward in life is just how you how you utilize those choices yeah. and how you view those choices you know Absolutely. were those choices a drag or are you going to use those to to further what you're trying to do yeah so yeah there is no blueprint for this no blueprint although i am trying to come up with one i'll let you know <laughs> when i have it and uh <laughs> i'll send it to no one because yes. it means nothing uh, bryce's guide <laughs> to life 9.99 plus tax <laughs> <laughs> hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy 2 <laughs> bryce's version 
Um, all right. So before we close out this discussion, uh, I just wanted to give some stats that I found um, just about college and higher education. So um, from a website called admissionly.com, uh, I found out that 66.9% of high school graduates say they plan on attending college, which is that's a much higher number than I thought it would be. 66.9%. Um, yeah. And but I guess if you think of it in the sense of those are high school graduates that plan on attending college, I guess that's not a, a I guess it might be alarming the other way. Like there's 30 per 33 percent of the population who graduate um, don't have any plans on pursuing a higher education, which I, I don't yeah. know. I feel like yeah, when you look at it from the opposite yeah. way, that's pretty intense. But. but. Yeah, those could just be the people like me who just you know. <laughs> yeah, we just like, this is this is the bare <laughs> minimum. Yeah, this is what I have. This is what I have to do if I want to go to college or not. That'll be decided later. Um, as far as gender goes, uh, it looks like women are more likely to attend college after graduating high school at a rate of seventy one point three percent, opposed to men, which are about sixty six and a half percent. So that's interesting. Uh, when I read that, I was like, is that because men feel like they don't need that extra, you know, certification to get ahead? Maybe women feel like they have to work harder to to catch up with men. So that's why they have to uh, pursue yeah, it could be, higher yeah, education. It could be something along the um, along those lines of. Uh, you know, the, maybe the privilege sure. men still feel, yeah. even going to further generations, or uh, versus the need to break ceilings for women. Still, sure. um, I don't know. I, I don't research a lot into that, um, so I don't know like what the actual stats for that kind of thing would mm-hmm. be, um, and how much that still plays a role going into uh, newer generations. But uh, I can definitely see that being a thing. I'm sure there's plenty of other factors sure. involved too but yeah. that's that is a pretty that's a is an interesting number um by socioeconomic status uh students from lower income households are less likely to attend college uh, than students from higher income households i think that makes sense obviously if you don't if if money isn't an option or a, a factor in deciding if you're going to go to college or not you you'll be more likely to go but um, I think obviously if, if you're from a lower income household, you know, you may have to join the workforce as soon as you graduate from high school, which is, I think that makes sense. It's, it sucks, but I think it, I, I understand why that, that there's a discrepancy there. Um, so are these saying college specifically or post high school or like secondary education? College, any schooling, because... any schooling above a high, anything above a high school education. I don't think they're okay. Including... I was curious if it was incorporating institutes like EVIT or like, um, um, or, um, like things like one to two year, like certificates, like automotive institutes mm-hmm. and things like that. I'm curious if it's including all of that stuff Gotcha. or if it's just specifically talking business degrees and communications degrees and, um, and like your general yeah. college. This, I mean, I mean, this sort of applies to that. Uh, it says additionally, the students from lower income households who do not attend college, uh, or sorry, who do attend college are more likely to pursue associates degrees rather than bachelor's degrees, as opposed to students from higher income families, uh, who are m- much more likely to, uh, to pursue a bachelor's degree rather than an associate's degree. So, 
Yeah, that, that kind of talks about that, but I am definitely very curious to see if those numbers reflect things like... Like um, trade schools or... Like trades, that's the word I was looking for, exactly, like trade schools, yeah. specifically. That, that would be very interesting. Yeah. Um, looking at it by race, uh, it looks like uh, the immediate college enrollment rate by race from 2000 to 2017 was uh, 69% of white students in 2017, opposed to 65 in 2000, uh, 67% of Hispanic students in 2017, in, op- in opposition to 49% in 2000. Uh, 87% of Asian students from 2017 um, in opposition to 74 in 2000 and 58% of black students in 2017 with no significant change since 2000. So some of those numbers stand out because uh, 87% of Asian students in 2017 opposed to 74% in 2000. So that number has... That's a lot skyrocketed. Yeah, that <laughs> that's a thirteen percent difference. Um, that's a big number either way. Um, but uh, yeah, are, so are I'm also curious. Are these numbers all um, United States residents, or are they international as well? Yeah, these like are this is uh, doing... this admission Lee is based on colleges here in the United States. So well, it's based off colleges. Oh, you here, mean like based if they off of like from... citizenship yeah. versus uh, coming in? Sure. I'm curious if that incorporates that as well. That would be interesting to see if that number is a jump because of more international students mm-hmm. or if it's a jump because of more um, more citizens jumping into it. That's fair. So yeah. that'd be cool um, to find out. Yeah, and just in general, it looks like education uh, has been inc- – or higher education has been increasing since um, 1960. Uh, kids were – uh, high school students, high school graduates were enrolling in college at a rate of 46.5% in 1960. And that is jump that has jumped up to 68.7% um, in 2018 when this study was done. So that's a pretty sizable jump as well. But I think 1960s, obviously, you know, you got much more people graduating college and just immediately joining the workforce um, as opposed to now having those opportunities to, uh, you know, go to college and, and pursue a higher education. So makes sense. Yep. But, yeah, it looks like enrollment was highest in 2015 at 69.8%. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah, those, I mean, those positive incline in numbers. Yeah, so that's, definitely. That's cool. Yeah, um, so we, we could talk about this for a little bit longer, but I feel like we've uh, we've, we've done enough. Uh, so we're going to cap this conversation for now. Maybe something that education we... Education part one. Yeah, I was going to say. We'll get into education part two another <laughs> time, talk about it. higher education for more. Sure, for sure. All right, but if you guys have any thoughts on anything we've talked about, please feel free to write into broodconvos at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on education, your thoughts on, uh, you know, the importance of education. How are you as a student in high school? If we have any high school listeners out there, how important is it to you right now? We'd love to, to hear from you guys. So please, please write Absolutely. in. Uh, we're going to jump into uh, one other break. Go grab another refill of coffee, and we'll be back on the other side with Brewer's Choice. So stick around, guys. We'll be right back. BRB. Thank you. 
All right. Welcome back, folks, and welcome to Brewer's Choice. This is our weekly recommendation segment. We're just going to give you guys something uh, to consume that we've been consuming. That could be a TV show, a book, uh, music, food, anything that we've enjoyed over the last week. We are going to recommend to you guys. Um, I am actually going to start things off here, and I'm going to recommend uh, an album that just came out recently, uh, Brockhampton's road runner album it's yeah. uh their newest studio album it's a it's a very very good album guys i don't know if you guys are brockhampton fans out there if you haven't heard of them they are they're relatively new um but they have a ton of music out there uh their first series of albums was called the saturation series and it was three full-length albums that they released in a year Hence the saturation title. They were trying to saturate us with music. Um, but it was, uh, they, they're a very eclectic group of, of artists. It is hip hop. Um, it's very, it's interesting. I don't even know how to label it exactly. Uh, it's it's an interesting. It's like experimental hip hop yeah, is what it, it's what it feels like. Or uh, like a jam hip hop. Like, like if you were, it's just a bunch of people coming together and just putting all their tastes into their music yeah. and creating something out of it. Yeah. And it's been I've enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, they're a very, very eclectic group of individuals, but they are awesome. Um, I've been a fan for a while, and uh, this new album is definitely one of their best, I will say. Uh, they sort of, I don't want to say they fell off of over their last two, but I I prefer their first three albums over their last two albums. Um, and this one, I think, is a little bit of a return to form for them. Um, so I was very excited to hear it. Uh, and I've been just sort of having it on repeat over these last couple of days. So definitely something you guys should check out. It's available on uh, Spotify and any other streaming platform, I'm sure. Uh, they did a, a, a live release concert when they dropped the album uh, last week. So if you guys like visuals with your music, you can check that out on YouTube as well. So definitely check it out. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear from you guys. Bryce, what about you? Yeah, it's good stuff. Um. I'm going to go ahead and recommend that uh, BookTuber channel I had mentioned earlier in the episode. Uh, it is called Books with Brittany. Hmm. Uh, it, um, yeah, it's just fun. Her her views on things. She tries to remain uh, very uh, impartial and critical while still like being very emotional. You know, attaching to characters, being a basic just kind of fan person about these characters and stories that she's reading about. And it's it's really fun she's a very open-minded person when she's doing her critiquing and um it's just it's really just been a joy watching it because i i've i think i've tried to watch booktuber channels before mm -hmm. or i've like i've kind of watched something but never really got into them they were always just too busy being super fanish about it and just kind of your squeals and excitement and stuff, oh. which, which is cool to like see that passion, but it's all just very <laughs> all about the excitement yeah. and fluff words. And then, or they've been too, too critical. Like all they're doing is analyzing it mm -hmm. like piece by piece. And I'm just kind of like, that's not what I'm about. Gotcha. She's a very great blend. Um, and, and just, it's just been fun. Mm -hmm. And she's always, she's putting out stuff all the time. So there's always something to just throw on and, and just listen to awesome. Uh, or watch. So, yeah, it's a good one. Check it out. It's just, uh, you said books with Brittany? Yes. Nice. Yeah, on YouTube. Nice. Yep. Cool, cool. All right, guys. That is going to do it for us this week. Thank you so very much for listening. As always, 
If you guys want to send us any emails, you can do that by writing into broodconvos at gmail.com. We also have personal email addresses now. So if you want to get in touch with Bryce or uh, I directly, you can go to just our first names at broodpodcast.com. So that's Bryce at broodpodcast.com or Adonis at broodpodcast.com. Speaking of broodpodcast.com, that is our official website. So if you guys want to check out some fun stuff, uh, uh, an archive of all of our episodes, um, it's all on our website, broodpodcast.com. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Send us emails. We'd love to hear from you. Um, If social media is more your speed, Bryce, where can they go to find us? Uh, we're going to do uh, Facebook and Instagram at Brood Podcast and uh, also Discord. Uh, again, uh, check out our Discord, uh, jump into our kind of general discussions in there. Um, recommend, that's where you can do a lot of direct recommendations to us, uh, music, books, uh, anything, um, even just talking about uh, feedback or just anything. Just this directly goes to us. And then uh, also... Uh, I'm going to just do a blind announcement here. Uh, even Adonis doesn't know, but I'm pretty sure we're just not going to do Twitter. <laughs> I think we're going to focus on our, uh, we're going to focus on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I think we have a lot going on there and more to come that we're excited to do. Um, and I think we're just, we're just going to focus on those. So uh, I'm going to go and just make an official announcement saying, uh, don't worry about our Twitter guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll make another announcement in the future. If we decide you should worry sure. about it and want you to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, this just gives us more opportunity to focus on the platforms that people actually seem to use. So, uh, this, mm-hmm. yeah, this just is, it's, it's a good thing. Um, if you're a Twitter person, if you live in the Twitterverse, sorry, um, we haven't heard from you. We did put out a request for anybody out there who uses Twitter to, to let us know if they wanted us to be more active over there and we didn't hear anything. So we're going to take the silence as a, as a statement and, uh, just move forward, move on, you know? Absolutely. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode. So make sure you stay tuned. Uh, make sure you stay tuned, uh, for any other announcements we may have that we'll post on the social media sites. So, uh, should be a good week. Hopefully you, hopefully you guys have some fun stuff planned. But until we speak again, my name's Adonis. I'm Bryce. Thanks, guys. Bye. As you begin to develop and expand your skills and your talents and your vision of yourself, you will always be in control of your destiny. Brood Podcast is recorded in Chandler, Arizona. Our producers are Bryce Gonzalez, Jennifer Montez, and Adonis Ship. Our intro music is Easy, produced by CJ Beats. Our outro music is Destiny, produced by James Berkeley. Our social media managers are Bryce Gonzalez and Jennifer Montez. Our editor is Adonis Ship.